Hey, welcome back to the second episode of This Isn't Math, the podcast where I try to make sense of the world and discuss my opinions on big topics that interest me. I hope you're all doing well. And before I get started with today's episode, I wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone who tuned in to the first episode that went live last Sunday. I'm glad you guys are loving the show already. It's available on many streaming platforms, including Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. Now, let's just dive straight into today's episode. I want to share a little secret with you guys today, okay? But this stays between us. The secret is, I hate cancel culture. Always have and always will. I think it's really immature and honestly borders on harassment sometimes. Now, Everything I say in this podcast is my own view, because as you all know, this isn't math. There is no single answer or right option to most things. So cancel culture, what is it? Otherwise known as call-out culture, it describes a form of boycott in which someone is essentially pushed out of social or professional circles. This is basically just a complicated way of saying, I don't like you, let me try to ruin your entire life. You know, like in high school when you would fall out with someone and instead of just not being friends with you, they tried to get everyone to turn against you? It's very similar to that, only cancel culture works on a global scale, so it's a real threat to the victim's livelihood, careers and mental health. So why are we cancelling each other? How did this become a culture? Cancel culture as we know it began when the Me Too movement began trending. It was originally used to remove rapists and racists and all those horrible people from positions of power. People like Harvey Weinstein. I think this is a noble and just cause, as would most other people. This is a form of cancelling I can support. There is no reason anyone should be allowing a person like Harvey Weinstein to be rich and successful without facing the consequences for his actions. We can all individually decide to not support people we don't like. That is our right. The reason why this form of cancel culture is effective in my opinion is because it it draws attention to sex offenders and criminals, meaning their victims receive some sort of justice. However, it's been manipulated into something entirely different where mistakes and jokes in poor taste that were made decades ago resurfaced and used against influencers who are not the same people they were at the time. That point is debatable, as we only see them through screens, so it can be difficult to know whether someone has actually changed or not. While some may have very true allegations against them, many of the cases I've seen are jokes and videos that have been taken and twisted in some wild narrative. This is where I disagree with cancel culture. Nowadays, anyone can be cancelled for just about anything. The more I think about it, this current cancel culture reminds me a lot of vigilante groups. Like, for example, vigilante groups take their own views on the law and enforce it how they see fit. In comparison, cancel culture takes their own opinion on whether an influencer is good or bad and then attempts to destroy their career just because that's what they think the person deserves. Now, I think it's fine to disagree with someone or not enjoy their content or anything like that, but don't you think it's wrong to try and turn millions of people against them? Especially for those who often rely on that platform for an income. If we don't like them, then we don't have to support them or follow them on social media or watch videos with them in it. That that is our right, but also our responsibility to do. 
Believe it or not, it is possible to mostly make our timelines look the way we want them to and fill them with people we like without completely erasing the people we don't like from the face of the earth. I think a lot of times cancel culture can take it too far because often the people who still support canceled influencers end up facing ridicule themselves. Imagine being harassed by strangers for the things you like. That's crazy. It reminds me of that period of time where Minecraft was really hated on. Now, I know that was a random reference, but bear with me. Now, I've always loved Minecraft. It is literally endless fun. But I remember during like my early high school years where I was afraid to say that I enjoyed Minecraft because I thought I would be laughed at. I'm sure there are still people now that think it's just for 11 year olds, but I know lots of people of all ages who enjoy the game. Plus, I just don't care as much anymore. My point is, why should it matter to others what game I enjoy playing? I'm the one playing it and not them. The same thing goes for influencers. Why does it matter if I enjoy a certain YouTuber and you don't? Though the more I think about it, the more I'm considering whether it's just the people that I give my attention to. When I was younger, I cared a lot more about what people thought of me and so I ended up surrounded by people who I thought would ridicule me. Maybe a similar thing is happening on my timeline? I care about the well-being of those influencers, but probably even more than that, I care about the fact that people are troubling themselves with things that I personally think they shouldn't care that much about. And by doing that, I'm surrounding myself with people who I disagree with, so surely I should take my own advice and not give them any attention. Even though it's something that I care about, there are probably better ways to go about it. I feel like a lot of the time we think that we have to dedicate all our attention to something to show that we care about it, but that's not necessarily true, especially if that attention is directed the wrong way. Now, as we all know, this isn't math. There is no simple answer to this that could apply to every situation, and that's what makes it so fun to think about. At the moment, after thinking through all this, I'm wondering about our motives when it comes to cancel culture. Now, are we really doing this because we believe that it's the right thing, because we care so deeply about it? Despite the fact that it is not our individual job, let's just pretend that it is our responsibility to cancel other people. Now tell me, are we doing it because we think the person is irredeemable? Because, as we all know, the infamous YouTuber apology video is absolutely useless and every detail of any apology is critiqued. It seems to me that a lot of the time we don't want to accept apologies, which again is our right, but some of us seem to enjoy maintaining this evil image of influencers and I've followed a lot of drama to do with influencers where their every move even their silence was turned against them to make them out to be some horrible and manipulative person. The first thing that comes to mind when I think about this is, who has the time during the day to document all of this? And that's coming from me, the person who spent years mostly in bed doing absolutely nothing. Now, I had a lot of free time during that period, but I still didn't scroll through 10 years worth of tweets from any YouTuber. So let's say we don't care about cancelling someone as much as we think we do. Is our motive then to give us a sense of power and control? Now, 
I'm no psychologist, so don't mind if this next bit is a whole bunch of nonsense. But influences can often seem superior to us. I know that when I see a person who I've only ever seen online in real life, I have a minute where I'm like, oh my god, you're a real, living, breathing person. It's not a secret that a lot of us can forget that celebrities are real people with feelings sometimes. They seem so different with their romanticised lives that they post about, the edited pictures on Instagram and the Google searches about their net worth. It's almost as if they're expected to sacrifice their personal life and dedicate all of themselves to being famous. So when we cancel these people, maybe it makes some of us feel powerful as we watch them losing millions of supporters and brand deals. This idea could be far-fetched, but hey, this isn't math. There are probably some people who do use power as a motive, though this is usually for people who already have a significant amount of power and are afraid of losing it. My only other idea is that maybe it's our way of distracting ourselves. It's no secret that some hurt people go on to hurt others. Social media and smartphones are also a common form of escapism, which would explain why some people spend their time digging through old tweets and YouTube videos. How could we not turn to our own controlled media when we are facing such huge societal issues such as racism and the climate crisis? Though, if this theory were true, then that means that all of us, including influencers, subconsciously agreed to partake in cancel culture. Everyone knows that they are opening themselves up to hate and ridicule when they decide to put themselves on the internet. So, in summary, this isn't math. Whether we are influencers or consumers, whether we agree or disagree with cancel culture, there is no single right answer, and that's alright. The closest we'll ever get to a right answer is when we start to take the time to understand each other. Although, I do have one more thought on the matter. If the people we are cancelling are such horrible and manipulative people, then how did they become influencers in the first place? And with that, I'm going to end this episode. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of This Isn't Math. I hate cancel culture. Why shouldn't I? Make sure you join me next Sunday at 2pm for the next episode where we will be discussing how influencers came to exist. If you enjoy the podcast and want to stay updated and maybe even be in contact with me, then you can subscribe to the This Isn't Math YouTube channel and follow the official Instagram page. And I'll see you all next week.